Matthew 25, 31 to 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from, from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food? or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, you that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Hebrews 13 verse 2. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing that some have entertained angels without knowing it. Uh, at the college at Bristol some years ago, uh, a somewhat scruffy individual turned up at the front door, knocked there, and one of the students rushed down to uh, see who it was and let them in. And they looked so impossessing, they sent them around the back door, which was a shame because it was a world-class New Testament theologian they had sent away. Uh, indeed, strangers. I was not that student, let me hasten to add. Our thinking to this morning is going to be around strangers, unknown, those who are other. The verse in Hebrews uh, reflects a story uh, in Genesis 18, which you may wish to read later, and talks about Abraham. It's one of those uh, traditional stories that are woven into uh, the writings of the Hebrews about their roots, about their uh, importance, about their heroes, although their heroes were not always heroic. Here, Abraham sees three men pass by. They're travellers, they're strangers, they're foreigners. Abraham treats them with respect and welcome, sharing food and hospitality. Those who had read the story would know this was nothing out of the ordinary, but the Semitic expectations of hospitality. This is what they did for a visitor. Now you can't build a whole thing on one verse, but the writer of the Hebrew looks back and says, this was a divine episode and what Abraham did was good. 
it goes without saying that a stranger is someone who is unknown. They are other than us. They are different. We are all different. It will be a funny world if we were not. Well, actually, it will be a frightening world if we were not. We take time to wonder at the diversity and the richness and the contrast of human life, which comes to us every day. A reflection of the limitless creative presence of God among us. We live in a world that is ripe with the possibilities of cooperation and mutual goodwill, of an inclusiveness that enhances and enriches all who enter there, where I plus you plus them equals us. In Matthew's Gospel, Jesus tells a story, uh, a story of um, assessment and division. A few years ago, I was uh, in the Globe Theatre uh, watching a mystery play, and uh, this was one of the scenes that was enacted. And the actors on the front divided the audience into sheep and goats. Uh, the goats had a visible shudder when they found out who they were. The difference in the story is not that both groups failed to react to Jesus, but that one failed to appreciate the intrinsic value of mercy, compassion and generosity towards the stranger. The other did not, even though they had forgotten these small acts of kindness, of help and concern. It is Jesus who is there unknown. Jesus who identifies with the people in need in their anonymity. So those who are called sheep echo the heartbeat of God in the way they have acted. Mahatma Gandhi once said that a true measure of any society is judged by the way it treats its most vulnerable members which gives us all pause to reflect on how our society measures up. But if there is a positive way of looking at the stranger, a way of wonder and inclusion, so too there is a negative. That one who is unknown, the stranger, the other, is seen as a threat to be feared, a risk to be controlled, and outsider to be avoided. They are bounded and given labels, often using the, which obscures their common humanity. We hear of the poor, the unemployed, the asylum seekers, the disabled. People too are ascribed differing labels because of their lifestyle perhaps, or their gender, or their sexuality, or their education, or their resources, and we hear the refrain echoing, they're not like us. There are short steps that move from distrust to prejudice to discrimination. You will have seen this, heard it in the conversation of others, seen it in the headlines, in the media, and in the relentless outpouring on social media. Here is an othering that is not beneficial, 
that is not healthy, that is not honouring. These strangers are pushed to the edge. Kindness is doled out when they deserve it. Compassion is when it can be afforded and people are tolerated as long as they keep their place. Is this the mentality of the sheep or the goats? Yet God is there in the stranger, in the one who is unknown, albeit unaware. And here we come to uh, one of the paradoxes of the gospel, that in the incarnation, in Jesus, God makes God's self stranger, the other who comes to humanity unknown and unacclaimed and in the vulnerability of a Jewish child. The Gospels bear witness to how written in the life of Christ is an understanding of welcome and generosity and respect that reaches out and builds on the message of Jesus to restore what is damaged, to unite what is divided, to bring peace where there is hostility and wholeness where there is brokenness. Indeed, we can say that Christ is our hospitality. We all know the impact of the pandemic. It has been painful and disruptive, deadly and separating. Churches have struggled as what is familiar has disappeared and they have found themselves in unknown territory. There has been time for experimentation and exploration, but also a sense of not knowing what's going next. It has been a confusing time for many. We think through what will be the new normal in patterns, what will be possible and what will not. But as we consider the issue of provoking faith, the old familiar challenge remains. How do God's people continue to live out the Christ ethic in whatever context or opportunities they have? This is set out, of course, against a much greater uncertainty and angst in the wider community. What will be the new normal? Will people simply try to default back to what was? And what if the old normal was not that great? What is more indicative of the way our, our looking forward happens? Is it the applause for the hard working uh, workers in the NHS or the people who gather in Trafalgar Square to say it's really all a hoax and you can't trust anyone? Dare we dream what a community, what a country might look like if politics, social fabric, economics were all rooted in the welcome, respect and generous hospitality for all and not for some. Uh, to end on a truism, if not a cliche, and it must be some truth in it because Guinness picked these up for one of their adverts. W.B. Yeats wrote, 
There are no strangers here, only friends you haven't yet met. What sort of a world would we live in if we acted on that sort of principle? We take a moment in quiet to reflect upon our words, on our quiet, on our prayers and on our singing. In the name of Christ we gather our thoughts. Amen. Stephen, thank you for that. Uh, if I could ask those who are on the panel this morning to turn on their microphones and videos, that would be great. And uh, I think that there is much that we can, uh, we can begin to unpack there that is of relevance to the world that we live in. Uh, I just wonder, um, I'll, throw, I'll throw it open to start with, what, what struck you? Who'd like to get us going? What struck you as significant and important that you think we could reflect further on? And uh, just whilst the panellists are gathering their thoughts and taking their breaths, a reminder to anybody else, feel free to uh, type your comments into the chat and uh, I'll reflect some of those back out loud and we can all read what's there. Um, if I can say something. Yes. Um, when we were thinking about the sheep and the goats, you know that I feel that we can be both sheep and goats at the same time. And so I was thinking about the complexities of that, that there are so many like variables into helping somebody when you like walk past somebody who is in need and things like that. And uh, that kind of verse has been kind of used against us rather than to think about all the times we did help somebody. We have to think about the one time that we didn't help um, but I was also thinking that, like, the idea of separating people into sheep and goats, like, this is kind of like how we are seeing that in the media, how they are, like, um, separating people into two kind of groups. Even, like, we've just seen with that, the stuff in Kenosha, how like the two guys of the same age, one a victim and one a shooter, being talked about so differently in the media. So, yeah, I'm a little bit apprehensive about separating people into two groups like that. I feel like that is one of the things that is breeding um, all of this xenophobia and like anti. Uh, immigrant stuff because for some reason like in um, the general public's mind they still have such a Christendom idea of like the media so they think oh they're just reporting facts and they don't see like the weighted language that they're using calling them illegal immigrants when it's not illegal to have violence um, so there's a lot of stuff going on in my brain um, but yeah, just the idea that we are all sheep and goats. I think that, that's really interesting. If I could perhaps just come back quickly with a reflection in my mind on that before we move on to someone else. Um, I think with these parables of judgment in Matthew that we get, there's a series of little parables towards the end of Matthew's gospel, of which this is just one of them. Um, the context for Jesus telling this series of parables 
is his ongoing battle with the Pharisees. And of course, uh, the Pharisees were a bit like the uh, judgmental media of our day. They loved to say, you're in if you believe what we believe and you're out if you don't. So um, it's kind of like when Jesus then says, well, okay, so if you're into dividing the world into people who are going to be damned and people who aren't, let's have a play with what the measure here is by which you're going to be judged. And actually, the people who are damned are the people who are exclusionary. So he's kind of turning their own argument back on them. Um, and I, I, I think I, I get, I, like you, I get a little bit suspicious that this parable can be used abusively. You know, the picture of the missionary organisation trying to get you to give them some money with a little sign up saying, you know, um, whatever you do for the least of these you do for me with a, with a small uh, picture of a, a vulnerable child. And it's almost like emotional, spiritual blackmail in the way that it can be used. Um, but I think if it's heard as an argument against the Pharisees, that kind of robs it of a bit of that power. And then we're back into Stephen's world where he was offering us this wonderful, I, I wrote the phrase down, um, you're a sheep, the sheep here are those who echo the heartbeat of God. And I think it's a challenge to echo the heartbeat of God that I hear coming through here. Anyway, I'll shut up. Liz, did you want to uh, come in with some reflections? Um, I, uh, it's funny, the, the whole kind of goats thing, it got me thinking. And in fact, because I'm sat by our bookshelf, I remember that a friend um, advised I read this book, which is Good Goats, um, Healing Our Image of God. And uh, I do think goats get quite a, a bad press in this particular thing. But um, obviously going with, with what you and, and Fifi have just said. Um, but actually it kind of got me thinking I'm an I'm aware that I have often tried to measure my understanding of hospitality which is obviously is the word that that, that Stephen sort of linked in on and I've often felt really bad because I'm aware of my um, ability to want to offer hospitality to people I know I'm going to have a good time with um, so I, you know I want to offer hospitality to um to friends and to people I think that might be like me and might have similar interests or perhaps somebody who might bring a nice bottle of wine around or um, my motives can often not be very um, it would seem good um, when it comes to offering hospitality and welcome to people and then I might sometimes um, you know welcome somebody uh, who is perhaps not like me um, and then I'll feel okay about myself and I'll feel good because of the good I've done and, and it, it has in the past challenged me and I think that I'm hoping other people at Bloomsbury can feel this you know there is this kind of um, this challenge where actually we are kind of often naturally pack animals that like uh, to bring people near to us that seem like us and although we like the idea of of um of learning from other people and of getting making new friends it it feels dangerous and scary sometimes and i think that i often say this but we we probably shouldn't be too hard on ourselves but we also need to challenge our own motives behind things and often perhaps the reason that we are acting like this and is because we have kind of like made ourselves unable to empathize with other people's situation because we're trying to protect ourselves and because we feel guilty and because we're not sure of our own worth um i actually just to finish i know i'm rambling on but i this morning uh, by coincidence listened to a song where um it's a pop song and i won't tell you it's by but um 
there's a line in it that says uh, there's a little bit of God in everyone. And this idea of um, people uh, offering hospitality to people and actually them being angels, you know, unaware sort of thing. Um, one thing for me, if I feel that I'm not, my motives are not particularly great, I, I often try and think is, how would I want to be treated if I was in that position? So how would I want to be treated if I'm new to a church and, and, um, and feeling vulnerable and alone? Or how would I want to be treated if I was a refugee who's just to come into this country and I can't speak uh, the language and I'm just alone? Or how, if that doesn't work for you, how would you want your children to be treated or the person you love to be treated? Um, and kind of looking for that little bit of God. Thank you, Liz. Um, and you enjoyed listening to Mika this morning then, did you? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Solomon, do you want to offer us any thoughts? Yes, I um, actually like to reflect on the fact by asking uh, uh, myself, uh, oh, well, oh, in the world we live in, who's not a stranger? And um, the way we 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 you know separate separate ourselves uh, in terms of borders, language, you know, income, wealth, our thoughts, and where we come from. So, anybody you meet have that sort of barrier that will identify themselves. So I'm asking myself, who's in this world and is not a stranger, and. And I tend to reflect on the Good Samaritan story as well, that uh, the Good Samaritan didn't ask any question when he attended uh, uh, to the man that was uh, being wounded. He, he, he actually said to himself, if I do not help this man, what will happen to him? And, you know, he broke that barrier down and said, well, whatever the case, this man is in pain. I will do whatever it takes to make him well. And I think that sort of attitude, uh, we as Christians should be able to carry and stop asking questions about language, about uh, nationality, about culture, about money. And sometimes we we make ourselves open to welcoming people without asking all, all of those kinds of questions. And I, I, I just like to end by, by reflecting on what Steve uh, quoted from Debbie uh, B. Yates as well, that, you know, we all are the same and there's no point, you know, asking those questions, but the fact that we haven't yet met should resonate in our hearts and say, well, we should be more welcoming in, 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 in dealing with one another. Absolutely. Thank you, Solomon. You're at, that's very, very profound. Um, I, I've been reading a book uh, this last week, which I was given for my birthday, uh, called How to Argue with a Racist by Adam Rutherford. And uh, he's somebody who I've listened to his Radio 4 science podcasts for years. Uh, and he's a, an evolutionary uh, geneticist. So he brings his kind of scientific understanding of genetics to bear on some of the questions that society poses around issues of race at the moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, his, his conclusion is that 
all of the uh, differences that people claim as basis, bases for exclusion have no substantive genetic origin to them. And he says we are all sisters and brothers and siblings uh, as in humanity. And his kind of conclusion is that this does give you hope that there is a way through the exclusions that we try and write into society because they're not inherent. And we are, we are all human together uh, and we need to rediscover that. And I think there's something of that, that kind of echo in the challenge that we've heard here this morning um, and a challenge to these kind of incremental steps of distrust to prejudice to discrimination, that it doesn't have to go there. And that, that there is a point to trying to live differently and to construct humanity differently. I'm uh, just going to read from Jeff. Um, I thought your, uh, your observation at the beginning about Banksy's boat, Jeff, thank you for uh, raising that. There we've got people trying courageously to uh, bring people in a welcoming way into the country rather than allowing them to die in the waters of the channel. And I think mm -hmm. that there's a really important thing there. Uh, and Nigel, I'm just picking up on the chat here. When we first meet someone, we often chat to them and ask and answer their questions about who we are, where we're from, what we do, etc., in an attempt to find common grounds, to find something to talk about. I wonder if this actually helps us to find common barriers instead, and if there is a different way to talk with folk who walk through our church doors. Very interesting. Um, any further reflections from the panellists in terms of responding to one another or what, what we've heard or said? Solomon, did you want to come in there? I heard you take a breath. <laughs> yeah, if I could just reflect, I want to develop uh, in prayer that uh, uh, that uh, uh, to talk about a borderless world where uh, people could be more sharing, where people would be more welcoming, and 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 where will be there will be no need for conflict, and that kind of attitude as a Christian. I think I, as a person, wants to to develop and and pray about. Thank you. Anything more from Liz or from Fifi? Liz. Um, just one other thing, just thinking about um, at the end um, of Stephen's um, talk about the diversity, uh, diversity of people and that we're not all the same and it would be scary if we were. Um, I think we, yeah, it's really worth reflecting on just all the positivity that comes from people being different um, and how boring it is if, if basically you're just in one group of people who all think the same. There might be comfort sometimes there and we might feel safe, but actually it is pretty boring. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just the the celebrating the fact that we are all a bit different and that that you can learn from other people but that does come with a challenge and I think from a church it comes with a challenge because when new people come in and when new people have ideas and all of that uh, it can kind of rock the boat not wanting to use the boat imagery but um yeah it we we have to be willing to when we welcome also uh welcome fully and embrace people and and learn from them and be willing to be changed thank you Fifi did you want to come back with any final reflections no you're okay uh in that case thank you to the panelists thank you to Stephen 
And I'm just going to uh, quote something that I jotted down from Stephen's sermon as we move towards prayer. In Jesus, God makes God's self stranger. And uh, our example in all of this is the one who calls us to the other, and that is Jesus. So I'm going to ask Solomon if he would now lead us in our prayers of intercession. Let's pray. Let us pray. Father God, in your presence, we all take refuge. And in your faithfulness, we are made to understand you better. We thank you, O oh God, for your abundant love. We thank you for your mercy that endureth forever. Make our hearts the home for those who are fleeing persecution, war, and poverty. Make our hearts as welcoming to those that are less fortunate. May we continue to think of those near or far that are looking for a safe place. Out of the arches of violence, O oh God, you will build the community of love. Out of the darkness of hate, you will intercede, O oh God, and bring togetherness. Out of the pain and sorrows of death, you will make us triumph. And out of the despair of economic and social injustices, you will make us a community that shares with one another. Heavenly Father, we surrender in the midst of our troubled world. We surrender all to you. You are greater than any disease. You are more than our circumstances. It is in you we will find peace. It is through you we will find stability. You are worthy of all praises, O oh God. It is in you we will find justice. Throughout the ages, O oh God, we have witnessed your action in love towards your children. You are the solid rock on which we stand. Forgive us, O oh God, when we put pride before principle. Forgive us when we think of self rather than all. Father, forgive us. Give us the peace that surpasses all understanding. Amen and amen.